listeners, and welcome to the podcast, a podcast run by students for students. This is the eighth episode of this season, and we are glad to have you here. Last month, we had Washburn's Black Student Union take over our podcast and talk about colorism and Black characters in horror movies. We could not have been more excited to have them take over our podcast. If you are part of an organization and want to talk about a topic or issue your organization cares about, all you can do is contact us at wsga.office at This month, we are celebrating Women's History Month. For the past 35 years, our country has celebrated Women's History Month, which is the time to celebrate the achievements and contributions women have made in this world. In this episode, we will talk about what it is like being a woman, the good things, the bad things, the hard truths, and the ways that we find and create strength. Joining us today is Ariel Smith and Elizabeth Nagatia. So I'll have both of you go ahead and introduce yourself, um, your major, um, any minors, grade you're in, and then what's your position in WSGA and what you hope to get out of this conversation. No preference on whoever goes first, so just answer away. I'll go first. Um, so my name is Elizabeth Gatia. I go by Liz. Um, my major is political science. And I'm currently a junior in credits at Washburn, but a senior through the LEAP program. Um, my position on Washburn Student Government is I serve as the legislative director um, for student government. I'm Ariel Smith. I'm a senior at Washburn, majoring in elementary education with an emphasis in special ed. Uh, my position on Washburn Student Government is currently the campus and community affairs director. And really, I'm just hoping to get a general sense of awareness. Um, I think this is an important conversation to have, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Hey, I'm glad both of you are here. Um, before we get started, I wanted to give each of us a brief history of this month and Women's History Month in general. Um, now, this was the same information that was found in our recent resolution acknowledging uh, March as Women's History Month, but I wanted to be able to share this information to our listeners if they don't like look at our resolutions or anything. Um, before Women's History Month was a month, it actually started off as a week. Back in 1978 in Santa Rosa, California, it was called Women's History Week. This week was created by the Education Task Force of the Sonoma County Commissions on the Status of Women, and they chose this week to correspond with International Women's Day. The following year, women's history started to spread around to other communities where they started to do the same thing of having a week celebrating women and their achievements. 10 years later, it would become Women's History Month thanks to Public Law 100-9, which designated March as Women's History Month. However, despite this law being passed in 1987, it would take an additional eight years for our country's presidents to start recognizing March as Women's History Month. Now, we're here in March 2022, 44 years since Women's History Week. Um, kind of with that history and just how long it took for us to get a month, why do you think it took so long for us to get our own month or just some recognition? I can go first. So um, I think for me, I think about how for the longest time 
um, we didn't really get a say in everything, like in anything. So women were degraded. Women were thought as essentially worthless unless it was to reproduce or to be there for their husbands, essentially. Like it was just, there was no real worth um, to a woman back then. And so I feel like the reason why it took so long is because we weren't even recognized as like, as, as much as, as men were essentially. Um, so to think about having a whole month dedicated, dedicated to us, not just a day, a whole month, it's like, wow, that's gonna take a few years to see that progression happened. And it did, we first had to start with a week and then it progressed to a month. So it's crazy that um, the steps that had to be taken just to get there because of where we first started. Yeah, I definitely agree with Liz. I think there's a certain part of it that is comfort. Uh, like if you look back at our history, uh, women, like Liz said, just weren't really expected or uh, considered to be able to do the same things as men. They weren't held to the same standards and they weren't given the same level of respect. Uh, pretty much our jobs were to reproduce and run the house. And that's all we were good for. And I think looking back at history, that was the way it was. And what was the point of changing it? And why should there be a full month dedicated to women? Because uh, that just wasn't how it was. Um, and I think that for a long time, people in history were just were comfortable with that. That's what works. That's the way it's always been. I'm not going to change it. And I think it took a long time and a lot of women coming forward and standing up for themselves and for women everywhere to get to where we are today. And it's still not perfect, but we definitely have made a lot of progress. And I think we continue to make progress and move in the right direction. Yeah, I was also thinking about how like, with family names, for example, I feel like even women don't have their own name because it all originated from a man. So, you know, like, I love my father and everything, but just the thought of the fact that like, oh my gosh, there's no like, and it's it's probably started, there's probably, we're probably seeing more of this now, I guess, seeing women originated names, but like my family heritage, it's all males and um, my family, it's always like the male is the, he the head of the household. Um, your father is the person that leads. And I understand that culture and I totally like, I um, value it so much, but that was just so, so common back then. And to get people to want to change even though they, they felt comfortable with where they were at, I, that was just so hard. Liz, you bring up a really good point because I remember as a kid, one of my, uh, it was either elementary or middle school teachers, um, they explained like the importance of Mr. and Mrs., and it like as a kid you don't realize this I feel like a lot of people don't realize this and it looks like they pay attention to it where how um Mr. and Mrs. how you spell it MR and then MRS it's we don't realize it but it's still centered towards men where like men have ownership of women or um all you have to do is add an S or you were seen as a Mrs. um if like you are married to like a man or something like that. And um, I think another thing with last names, I know I've had a conversation with my father about my last name 
um, outside of my father's conversation, I've always been proud of my last name. I've definitely told myself, like, I'm probably going to keep it just because I feel like a big portion of my identity. But I remember um, we were having a random conversation about marriage and weddings just because one of our relatives was getting married. And he was like, so, Megan, are you are you going to keep the like our last name? Like, what are you thinking? And because I like myself, I already came to the conclusion. I didn't think of it any like weird or anything of having my father ask me if I'm keeping the last name. And I was like, yeah, I'm keeping it. Like, I love this last name. But I know my experience is something that a lot of women will not experience where they don't really have that freedom to choose or they're more just expected to take um, either their spouses or like the family name. Yep, exactly. And I think another thing to think about when we're talking about Women's uh, History Month and just overall um, the achievements women have made, um, I think when it comes to like our history and understanding where everyone has been placed, there has been a movement in the recent in recent years of like differentiating or addressing that a lot of like women's liberation or just the women's movement in general has very much been led by white women. Um, again, this has nothing to like say towards them, but it's more just this is the history that we grew up in and how it was just when it came to like women of color, we were treated less than, but it was also on a more deep racial level that a lot of other um, white women don't necessarily experience. And I remember my professor, she was a white, she's a white woman, and we were talking about women's history. And for me, I already knew this one being a person of color. I've, I've been made aware of it many times, but one of the things that she really did that made me feel safe in her classroom was uh, she was very quick to say, you know, a lot of the history that we talk about will come from the white perspective or um, with women's liberation, the suffrage movement, a lot of it was white led. And I feel like um, we're going, we're moving into a society where we're acknowledging that, but then we're also learning to appreciate um, the sacrifices that, um, white women made as well as how women of color have made sacrifices and achievements for everyone to create a more inclusive environment for everyone. And then moving on. Um, so as you know, this topic is very broad. It's just a simple question of what it is like being a woman. And so I kind of to either hone it in or just continue to let it rain freely. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about some good things that you have experienced from being a woman or just some things that um, you've noticed either talking to your male friends or male identifying people about like the differences or the benefits of being a woman. Um, I was thinking about how exhausting it can be to like, to be a woman because you have all of these expectations that society has essentially set on you from the time that you're born. And I think obviously it's gotten so, so much better in this generation. We're much more comfortable stepping out of those roles that are placed on you as soon as you're born. Um, but I mean, it's still prevalent. It's still there. And there's still people in society that expect you to fulfill those roles. So yeah, it's very exhausting when you think about having to apply for a job. Is this job going to want me to play the, the supporting role as because that's what I'm supposed to do as a woman? Or um, is my spouse going to want me to, to play the supporting role, you know? Um, so you feel all this pressure. Um, I was also thinking about how um, I remember even like growing up, uh, I would always want to do things, but my mom um, would say, oh, like, 
don't do that because boys do that or you, you you're dressed like a boy or you're doing this like a boy and like it would always be compared to a boy with the action that I was doing and in my mind I didn't even think of like oh boys do this I was just doing what I wanted to do but immediately like certain things I did was associated to what boys or girls did and I just thought that was like really mind-blowing now that I'm looking back on it as well um but yeah definitely have come a long way and we're seeing a lot more acceptance but um, we still see those those moments where girls are expected to step into a role. Yeah, I definitely agree, boys. Um, while I take a lot of pride in being a woman, and I think it's something definitely worth being proud of, um, I think it can definitely be very exhausting at times. Um, in today's society, there's just a lot of expectations. There's a lot of weight kind of put on women um, that just society has placed these a lot of times pretty like unnecessary expectations on women in general. Uh, overall, I would say that it's gotten better, I think, um, as we look back through history, obviously. And I think we're still heading in the right direction overall. Um, I would say probably the best thing for me personally about being a woman is just the like sisterhood, I guess, for lack of a better term. Like, I don't know. Everyone always talks about like the mean girls and maybe, you know, in elementary school, middle school, high school. But I really feel like for me personally, since entering college and being an adult, women are very quick to be uplifting and, you know, fixing each other's crowns and are just very supportive of each other. Um, not to say that men aren't, but I just think it's, you know, on a different level and it's a little bit uh, more unique for women, there's just kind of this family aspect there that we all know where we came from historically and where we made it to now. And we're not gonna be shoved into a corner and we're gonna be there to lift each other up. And I think that's something really special and worth noting about being a woman for sure. Um, to kind of touch on Ariel's point, I absolutely agree with you that it's so like, it's really incredible seeing that sisterhood when it comes to like women. Um, you have that like quote of like women supporting women and that's become really popular and really trendy in the past few um, years. But I also think it's important to shine a light on how much like women can attack women um, because of how other women feel like women should be behaving essentially. So I don't know if that makes sense, but I also think that's really important to think about how like we judge each other um, and we essentially become each other's enemies and we're competing with each other and all these things when really we should all be proud of each other because of all the odds that we faced um, of having to prove ourselves to the world and having to, um, I don't know, fight against the odds essentially because you're put into this world where you just have to do that. And so I think it's really important to shine a light on that side as well. Yeah, I absolutely agree, Liz. I think that's a really important point to make. Um... I don't know. It's one of those things that I just feel like women can go so back and forth. Like one day, like, you know, as a woman, you feel proud and you feel uplifted and inspired. And then the next day it's back to, well, why aren't you doing this? You should be doing this. You should look a certain way. Um, and just back to those unrealistic and unnecessary expectations that are being placed on women. Uh, it's really just not fair. 
No, yeah. I feel like a lot of you have talked about like the good things and the bad things of being a woman. Um, very Errol, I would agree. And also Liz, um, that feeling of sisterhood. I know in the office, we like um this past week, we all had a conversation about periods and menstrual cycles. And um, there was only one guy in there, but like the entire time, I feel like all of us, it felt very relaxing to talk about something that we all experience and Errol to the point how um like there men can also be supportive of women's issues but I think what really separates the support between men and women is that women it is a shared support where we are either going through a similar thing the exact same thing or have experienced the same things and that is something that like we either share like in a positive way or in a negative way and sometimes like men will not experience um those situations the same way that women do. I feel like it really share creates that sense of camaraderie and sisterhood and compassion for like understanding uh, the situations. Um, I feel like another thing, gendered roles. I very much, I feel like a lot of us have gone through that conversation with our mom specifically where it's like, don't do that. That's what boys do. Or, um, a good, my favorite one is realizing that when we were kids and how boys would either pick on us or like be mean to us and like, predominantly our female teachers would be like oh like he just likes you like that's just his way of saying that he like likes you and has a crush on you and we didn't think of this as an issue but now as we've gotten older it's like why are you communicating that you like me through violence why why are you picking on me or making me put in a dangerous position because you were unable to express yourself in another way and it's like okay <laughs> this, this is it's not fine but pop off or um just kind of how we are moving towards a new positive um direction when it comes to like talking about these women's issues or just um how like um basic like communication of like be respectful be respect people how you want to be respected talk to someone nicely don't expect things or something um from someone um I also think that there is like that contrast between women supporting women and women attacking women um I don't know have any of you seen that um animated short called Pearl about like the little pink um what do you call it it's what you knit with uh I can't think of it but I don't know if you've seen it. I'm trying to figure out. It's like a yarn ball. She's a yarn ball. Um, Ariel, have you seen uh, the animated short? I think so. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, to Liz's point, uh, that sh short clip is a good example of moving from women supporting women to women attacking women. And I feel like it's not something that women will intentionally do it's more just survival or being like having having to change yourself to survive the environment that you're in because I feel like if anyone hasn't seen it um you can find it on Disney plus you can find it on YouTube um it talks about this pink uh yarn ball who she's a woman and she enters a male dominated workforce and um she's trying to stay herself but it's clearly not working she's not fitting in with like the work ethic or um the groups the male groups in her workplace and she ends up like changing how she dresses how she talks and then another woman comes into the workplace and so now there's two of them and because Pearl um the main character she's had to change herself to survive she's now a bit more hostile towards this other female employee but I think um near the end of it what's really good about this short is that she doesn't continue to like assimilate or fit to the basic but she goes back to her normal self and like supports this woman and says hi I'm Pearl it's nice to have another woman in the workplace and in the end it shows 
other women in the workplace, how their workplace has entirely changed to where it's more inclusive, more people are respected, and no one is having to change themselves to survive that workforce. But I think that's something that it should be addressed. It's very important to address. I also think it's something that um, we are all working towards to create a more less hostile environment because like women have been oppressed and we don't need to continue to oppress ourselves. We need to do a lot more work to uplift ourselves. Some other things that we talked about um, that we've kind of gone over are some of the bad things about being a woman. I know we talked about, you know, gendered roles or uh, don't do this or having to change yourself. But in your experience, what are some ways that it's kind of been either negative about being a woman or something that you didn't expect would come with this? Um, well, I feel like we've kind of already touched on on uh the the big things that we face as women um but I have to include giving birth I know I have not experienced it but I have just heard so many women who have gone through this process talk about how painful it can be and how um like even today we saw the problem of like um women who don't get who don't get that paid maternity leave and stuff like that and so like the fact that society expects you to have a child and then you finally do have a child and the society's like all right now let's get back to work and it's like seriously like you're not even gonna give me you know a break to to you know get closer with my child to raise my baby to you know even re-energize and become like healthy and ready to go back to work again and so um I don't know. And I guess I've heard some people be like, oh, women should be flattered that they're so strong that they can, they can um, give birth and then go back to work. And it's like, yeah, we are strong, but we also are human and we need a break. And we have just created life, you know, like one of the most magical things you can do. And now here we are not getting certain of those, like some of those rights that we should be getting um, as women. So yeah, that's definitely, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree with Liz's point about giving birth. And like, just to add on to that, like, I obviously haven't gone through that experience myself yet either. Uh, but I have endometriosis, a really painful chronic disease that one in 10 women get. And it's kind of a similar thing. Like, it's something that's getting more and more common and like more and more women have it. But so many doctors and so many people in society will be like, oh, well, it's just your period cramps. You're fine. Suck it up. Get back to school. Get back to work. And there's kind of that lack of support there. And you know, kind of in addition to that, I feel like women are constantly having to defend themselves and advocate for themselves. And you know, just like we talked about with the sports, you know, if you want to do soccer or football or MMA or whatever that's seen as a male sport, women should be able to to do that without being told, oh, well, that's for boys, like that you don't belong there. But I feel like we still see that occasionally in today's society. And of course, you know, then there's like ever, well, like why, uh, why are you so skinny? You should eat something or you should look this way or you're too heavy or you're not skinny enough. Like just all the unnecessary, unrealistic, um, stereotypes and expectations that have been put on women and I don't know it's kind of sad to think about like how far we've come but 
at the same time, we, we still have these same um, unrealistic expectations and women are still being oppressed in so many ways and mistreated in so many ways that they just shouldn't have to be. Like women shouldn't have to be afraid to go out at night alone. We shouldn't be having to carry pepper spray or guns on us just to defend ourselves. Uh, there's a difference between you know, being smart, but then also feeling like we're more in risk, more at risk and more in danger just because we're a woman and it shouldn't have to be that way. Um, Ariel, you talked about so many like good points. I mean, um, you talked about the like all the stereotypes that are placed on women. So like the whole body negativity um, situation, how women are expected to be a certain weight or a certain look a certain way. Um, you talked about the safety issue, which I know is really, really big in um, today's world. Um, I was also thinking about the whole um, idea of women being emotional. Like you brought up so many different points, but and it, and it made my mind, I guess, open up to all the different things that we naturally just deal with. And the fact that like, I had a hard time, like thinking of like, oh, yeah, what are some of the things that women go through? I guess I just am so used to having to, like, that's just a normal world for me, like, oh, yeah, of course, I have to be safe when I go do this or um, that I don't think of it as, which sounds really bad. I don't think of it as like a burden anymore, because I'm just so used to having to, to look out for myself, essentially. No, I think that's completely understandable is um, it took me a little bit to think of everything too, because unfortunately it is just part of our everyday lives. And I think that's probably the case for a lot of women and it's not necessarily fair, uh, but I think it is just kind of second nature to a lot of us by now. Yeah, I definitely think like that normalization of trauma or just normalization of violence that we experience on our day to day basis that it becomes harder to like separate it because we think it's normal when in fact it shouldn't be. I definitely, um, I always like what how, how would anthropologists or sociologists think of us if they like were studying us and just how they would describe it in a very negative and like not healthy way, but because we're experiencing and we've been experiencing it for so much and for so long that we've kind of like, in order to survive again, if we had to normalize it, either like play it off, like, oh, like it's just a joke, they didn't mean that, or um, even just how we've had to do a little bit more just to be heard. Um, kind of, we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but especially when it comes to like the bad things, um, just overall and just how, like, what are some good things that we can come from this and how women can support women, um, for each of you, where do you find your strength when it comes to either going through these negative experiences or, um, continuing to thrive after these experiences? Uh, give me a moment. <laughs> While y'all are thinking of where you find your strength, um, I would say for me, um, my biggest like motivation for strength or where I find it would have to come from my mom. Um, just the stories that she's gone through, the experiences that she had to work through. Um, she is very much a strong woman and I know I can go to her for amazing advice and she offers an amazing advice. And I feel like I get a lot of like my strength and my dexterity from her just because she's gone through it. And it's kind of helped me like understand how much work still has to be done, but then also have someone that I can go to if I'm going through something. 
Um, I think I would have to agree with you, Megan. Um, I have a few more um, other reasons why I get my strength from. But yeah, I think my mom being such a strong female like lead in my life um, and seeing all the incredible things that she does um, from working you know, three different jobs and working for 12 hours a shift and like just all these things that she finds the strength to do and then come back and take care of me and, and my sister, like that is very inspiring to the point where I'm like, now I need to succeed. So that way I can thank her in the many ways that she has like helped me and raised me essentially. Um, I think I would also say, um, because I like, I know my, my value and I know, um, like, I guess it's also tied to my faith essentially, but through my faith, I know my value and I know what I can bring to the table. Um, and so that also um, gives me my strength because I know that I have come this far and I know what I want in my life and I know what is essentially promised to me like for my life. And so I'm not gonna bring, um, I'm not gonna let other things bring me down um, to where it will hinder me essentially from from accomplishing those things that I want to accomplish because there's already so many things I guess that against me being black being a woman being an immigrant you know there's like all those things that could essentially prevent me from succeeding but I I have the strength within myself to tell myself that I will not let those things um like what to, to the amount that it's in my control I will not let those things be get in my way of succeeding um yeah yeah, I think you both made really good points. Um, I would definitely agree. Uh, so much of my strength comes from my mom. Uh, my mom died four years ago. So unfortunately, like, I can't call her when I'm having these rough experiences. And I can't get her advice on things anymore. But um, having had her in my life for 21 years, I have a lot of advice that I still carry with me. Uh, I would say, like, as far as what I do when I need someone or like need strength right then and there, I surround myself with really good friends and family, really strong support system. Uh, but also like just looking at all the people that paved the way for us and made it possible for us to be where we are today. I also look at the people after us. So for me, like it's my little stepsister uh, and then like my future daughter and my future students that I'm gonna be teaching. Like I look at the people that are one day gonna be looking up to me and in those moments that it's harder um, to find that strength, they're what keeps me going. Because if I don't do it and I'm not fighting the fight that women have to fight today, who's going to do it for them? What's their life going to look like? So I think that's what really keeps me going and gives me my strength. Beautiful. Um, I kind of wanted to all of us to end with the quote that was shared through um, that post, what it's like being a woman on our Instagram, where women can share their experiences. Um, I feel like this quote really embodied a lot of what we talked about, the bad things, the good things, and then also like continuing to fight um, that good fight just for equality and basic necessities. Um, it's being a woman is being told you're bossy rather than a leader. Being a woman is being spoken over because men think they know better. Being a woman is being scared to walk across campus at night because you were scared a stranger will deem your body as theirs to violate. Being a woman is having men in political offices believe that a bundle of cells is more important than your bodily autonomy. Being a woman is, despite all of these things, repeating yourself louder and louder until someone listens. 
Being a woman is being beautiful, no matter what society defines beauty as. Being a woman is fighting back. Being a woman is strength, period. What do, what do you all think of this, this quote or this experience that was shared? And I was going to say that as you were reading each and every one of those things, um, I was thinking about how um, many women have shared those same testimonials, essentially. So I could go, I could ask you, Megan, like, wow, have you experienced any of those things that like this quote, any of those things that this quote talks about? And you could probably say I've experienced almost all of them or all of them. And that's crazy to me that so many women can say that they share um, a lot of those experiences. And you would think that it, like, I don't know, you would think that the world would change when so many women are saying, yeah, I've experienced that too. And I've experienced that too. But like, it doesn't, like, it's still issues that we have to face. It's still obstacles that need to be overcome, I guess. Yeah, as you were reading it, I was just kind of nodding my head to each of them. Uh, obviously, being a white woman, like, I can't possibly understand or relate to experiences and uh, obstacles that women of color have to face but as far as you know like the walking across campus like afraid that someone's gonna deem your body as theirs to violate and uh, you know having to fight back for your own for your rights to your own body uh, that kind of thing I think it's really sad and it's something that all of us deal with every day and I think that quote is really powerful it really encompasses everything that we've talked about uh, during this conversation and what women face every day of their lives, uh, whether people realize it or not, I think it's really important. Yeah, I really appreciated um, this quote, especially when I found it and considering everything that we talked about. It also kind of made me realize and further appreciate um, like conversations like these or conversations that like we've had in the office to just um, having other women help create that support system that I feel like all of us need, especially to continue on to be amazing women that we are. But I think it says a lot about what it's like being a woman, like truthfully, the hard truths, the bad things. And I think it also um, creates solidarity of like, um, my favorite quote will probably be, being a woman is fighting back and how with a lot of change, a lot of um, rewriting stuff or rewriting history is, um, being able to fight, being able to speak louder so that someone will listen. And then also like being able to find that strength and as the quote ends period, which I completely love. Um, so yeah, uh, that is this week's episode. I wanted to give a huge thank you to the both of you for hopping on and sharing your experiences, offering advice, and also just sharing um, how you find strength. And hopefully this will either inspire other women or um, help them know that they're they are not alone when it comes to their experiences and that there are support groups for them and women who are willing to offer support and help them create that strength um Errol and Liz I don't know if you two want to say anything before we end this episode thanks for having us Megan it was really fun <laughs> yeah shout out to Megan for another incredible uh, episode of the podcast thank you so much for having us and uh, really really enjoyed it at women supporting women. I love it. <laughs> I also want to give 
a thanks to all our listeners out there who are still with us. We very much appreciate you every time you listen to an episode um, from the podcast. Uh, lastly, make sure to follow us on our social media at DearNWSG on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find us at Washington State Government Association. Uh, be on the lookout for our next episode where we will be talking about feminism. Thank you. <laughs>